focusing on verses 16 through 26 in Galatians 5. I'm actually going to start reading in verse 13, though. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Then verse 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Let's pray. As always, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given it to us. We thank you that you are a God of love and of righteousness, Lord. We pray that you would conform us into the image of your Son, that we would be led by your Spirit, God, to produce this good fruit that is mentioned here in this text. May you be glorified in all that is said and done in our lives and in our service today. In your name I pray, amen. So be known, be led, be fruit. Be known by God. I'm going to show a verse here in Galatians where it talks about uh, the privilege of being of knowing God and, and being known by Him. Our passage here talks about being led by the Spirit, being fruit. And, and there's so much to unpack here in these verses. I feel there's almost a, a danger because Galatians is one of my my favorite past uh, uh, books of the Bible, and I. Uh, I've been going through this, and even though I have notes on here, there, even as I'm reading the passage this morning, there, I, I forgot to bring out this, I forgot to bring out this, I forgot to bring out this. There's so much here, and I don't want to keep us here through the end of the evening, so I'll do my best to try and keep it as uh, compact as possible. But with that in mind, there, there is a, a conviction that I have about, about our salvation, about our understanding of what it is that, uh, that the salvation is and how it is obtained and, and, and what it means. And it's found throughout, uh, throughout the New Testament, uh, throughout the writings of Paul. It's the idea that it's God that produces righteousness in us. It's God that, that redeems us. None of us, if we have become 
come to be known by God, none of us have done that because of how good we are. We are not known by Him because of the good that we do. And in fact, Galatians, we're going to see briefly this morning, Galatians is written in part to go against that lie, that in some way that we can produce a righteousness that would lead us to to the gospel. It's not within us to do that. Uh, we could have titled this sermon, Where Does Your Righteousness Come From? Uh, the message that is in the Bible is that uh, we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Our, our salvation, if indeed we have salvation, comes by uh, faith through grace, uh, faith in Jesus Christ. And then good works follow. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of preaching, there's a lot of evangelism that goes on trying to, uh, trying to convince people and, and just simply focusing on the idea that we want you to escape the dangers of, of hell, which is a, which is a, true, um, it's a true thing, that if you have come to know Jesus, that there is eternal judgment for that. We can see some of that here uh, in these verses uh, as well. I, um, I warned you, as before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it's important to understand that danger. But this evangelism is so focused on just what you are going to get out of it, or what you are going to escape if you will just say these words and pray this prayer. Uh, And it's not focused on a real relationship with the God that has redeemed you with His blood. And I see in the pages of Scripture that when God has done this redeeming work in your lives, He draws you into relationship with Him, and then He brings about the goodness in you that is not in ourselves. Any of us that do good in any way uh, that we are manifesting this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that's a manifestation of, of the change that God has brought about in our lives. And, and I want us to understand that uh, this morning. We, we remember from last week, uh, Matt's message from 1 John, that we should not love the world or the things of the world. That friendship with the world is enmity with God. Uh, it makes us an enemy of God. So clearly we need to seek these things that are above But as we come to this passage in Galatians, and as we do focus on making sure that we are having love in our lives, patience, goodness, self-control, these good things, as we are fleeing from the list of uh, of the flesh, it's not an exhaustive list, but as we are fleeing from these things that uh, Paul brings about that are evident, the desires of the flesh, we, we need to see that within the context of Galatians, that there is a difference in doing good because God has changed us and given us a desire and an, and an ability to do good and doing it because we are in some way trying to earn something from God or even pay God back for something or trying to um, either obtain or to uh, continue to be worthy of salvation because none of us are worthy of this great salvation that God has given us. So, we should be changed people that God is conforming to the image of His Son. But but let's look at this this context. Paul is writing to these churches in Galatia. 
and he is warning them. And in fact, he's rebuking them. He is, he's, he's using very stern language here throughout the book that they have started to follow a false gospel. There were false teachers in the church that were adding requirements to these new, to these new churches for salvation itself. These were primarily um, Jewish laws that they were wanting, to do, wanting them to bring in and follow, primarily circumcision. But Paul shows throughout this that whatever we add to our salvation requirements, whatever we add to what, what we think is earning favor with God, if we are trusting in any of these outward things, aside from the blood and, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, then he, he goes right on and says that then Christ is of no benefit to you for having these outward additions, you know, laws that you can follow and feel good about yourself because you are able to do these things and maybe even be able to look down on people who are not able to do these things. Uh, he wrote that he was astonished that these churches were so quickly deserting Christ. Uh, chapter 1, uh, he says in those pages, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, we apostles, uh, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one that we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one that you receive, let him be accursed. And, and how were they deserting Jesus? Because Jesus saves us by grace through faith. We don't have to do good in order to be saved. In fact, many of the perversions of the gospel that you will find out there are perversions because they are trying to add to this. They are trying to make you do good in order to bring about your salvation. Does God want us to do good? Yes. We are called to be holy, are we not? But we are not called to be holy in order to earn favor with God because that perverts the very idea of how God has redeemed us through His Son. And any teaching that says salvation is based on this, on doing good, it is uh, inherently wrong. And Christ is no longer of any benefit. So what does that have to do with the fruit of the Spirit? What does that have to do with the passage that we're reading this morning here? It's just so interesting that Paul spends four chapters laying out that, uh, that argument, showing them the churches of Galatia, that they had deserted the true gospel. And then you come and you turn the page to chapter 5 and you appear to get a list of do's and don'ts. Do have love, do have patience, do have self-control, don't have drunkenness, don't have enmity, don't have jealousy, uh, don't have these things. Uh, a very high-level reading of this would seem to suggest that Paul is going back on what he has already said. Uh, I think it's clear, of course, that he is not, he's not giving uh, this list of people, uh, these lists to the people so that they will know how they can actually earn favor with God. Instead, he's showing us what favor with God, in fact, looks like. Um, 
He is showing us what it looks like to be known by God, to be led by God, to, uh, to be the fruit that he has called us to be. So uh, this list of don'ts that he says, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, um, idolatry. He, he goes into things like sorcery, uh, in, um, trying to find a spirituality that is separate from God, uh, fits of anger. We, we, we could spend... Uh, an entire sermon just breaking apart each of those things that is evident are the desires of our, our worldly flesh, our sinful nature, draw, trying to draw us back into sin. We could send another sermon or two or three on uh, going through each of these words that are describing the fruit of the Spirit. But what, what he's showing us here is that Christians are called to be holy And a faith in the work of Christ that saves us is going to make us desire the good fruit and to flee from the bad fruit. Now, remember, he is correcting the the Galatians who have in in some way not only deserted Christ, deserted the the true gospel uh, because of uh, being led away from that, you can read into this and see that some of these fruits of the, of the flesh were, were present there as well. Certainly, of course, in the false teachers. Um, chapter 6 goes on and shows us uh, about correcting. I, I'm not saying that if you have been saved, if God has truly called you, if you have truly been redeemed, that you will never, ever sin again. That every single aspect of your life will be marked by this fruit of the Spirit. But increasingly, more and more, it should, as he is, like we read in, in Romans 8 today, as he is conforming us into the image of his Son. Uh, Paul says in chapter 2 of Galatians, uh, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one can be justified. I'm just continuing to point out that we don't follow or flee from either of these lists because we're trying to be good with God, but God brings that about in our lives. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Do you know what it looks like when Christ lives in you? Increasingly, this fruit will be manifest in your life. It will be present in your life. Um, He says, in the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So, with all that as an introduction, as we come to chapter 5, we see what faith in the Son of God looks like. We see what it looks like to have Christ living in us. The flesh will be part of our lives less. We will see in our lives less envy, less impurity, fewer divisions, fewer fits of anger, and more and more we will embody uh, the the peace of God, uh, goodness, uh, gentleness. So Paul talks about in uh, in this chapter, excuse me, in in the, uh, the previous chapter, um, about love for our, our fellow Christians. That's going to be a part of what we do, not because we are paying God back or convincing God of our righteousness 
not because we're trying to look good in front of other people, because that is who God has changed us into being. So we, we come then here, and before we jump right into chapter 5, I wanted to show a couple of verses here in chapter, uh, back in chapter 4, uh, verses 8 and 9. He said, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? He was showing us that we were, we were slaves to our sin. We were slaves to the law itself that we could not fully, uh, fully follow. And God has set us free. And he spends time showing that this freedom is not to be used to pursue the desires of the flesh. But neither should we shackle ourselves uh, with a law that cannot produce righteousness. And so I said that we could call this sermon, uh, Where Does Your Righteousness Come From? And it doesn't come from doing good. You do good because God, through Jesus, has produced righteousness in your lives. This is very, um, I think it's very important to grasp. Um, it may be hard to latch on with, with what I'm saying right now to well, what do I do about this? And, and there are, I think it is right to, to pray um, for this fruit to be evident. And as we see yourselves uh, turning to whatever sins and the desires of the flesh that uh, you may be, be tempted by, uh, to flee from that and to turn to God and to ask Him to, to bring about righteousness in your lives. But it it's exciting that we don't have to manufacture righteousness. It's exciting that we don't have to um, to follow a list of rules that will make us uh, pleasing in God's eyes. God changes us to uh, be a person that can be pleasing in His eyes. And if the gospel is true, and if it has changed us as we have become known by God and, and as we have known Him, I've said it several times in the sermon already, he, he changes us. He speaks in chapter 5 of us eagerly waiting for the hope of righteousness. And then what does he? What are we being asked to do as we come here? What does being known by God look like? I could, I could put it that way. Um, I, could, I could make a list, and I've, I've preached this passage before, and I, I go down to... You know, very Sunday school list. Well, we should we should pray more, and we should read our Bibles more, and we should we should we should fellowship more. Um, we should keep our thoughts on God more and more. And all all of this is true. Um, we we should spend more time in prayer. We should spend more time uh, in the Word. We should spend more time loving one another and fellowshipping. Uh, fellowshipping. These are all things that we are told to do in uh, in Scripture. But. The thing that I love about these lists here is they're a good check for me as well, and a good check for you, hopefully. Um, have I burst out in a, in a fit of rage? Probably. I'm not being uh, led by God in that. Um, am, I, um, am I acting in a way that shows self-control? Um, am I acting in a way that brings about gentleness with those that I'm talking to? Then I'm 
more, more, not, more than likely, I'm doing what God wants me to do in those moments. So we should pray. We should pray for this, these things to be evident in our lives. We should read the Bible so that we can conform to what God has taught us. We should do all of these things. But as a check for ourselves, is there love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control in your life? Then we know that you know that that is something that God is producing in you. You know that you're on the right track. Can you look at your life today, yesterday, this week, and you don't see those things? Well, then... That, that's showing us that we need to we need to pursue God more. We're, we're not being led by the Spirit in those moments, and uh, perhaps we need to confess. Perhaps we need to repent. Um, talk with others in the church so that they can help us in our in our daily walk and our devotion. Uh, perhaps it means that we haven't truly come to know God as well. That is a, that is a possibility. Um, but my, my point here is that it is a barometer of you know, whether or not we are walking by the Spirit. Paul says that here in um, verse 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So if we are walking by the Spirit, as I said several times, less and less uh, this sin will be present in our lives. Um, Paul says in, in verse 17 that these desires are opposed to the godly desires of the Spirit. Um, I'm reminded of Romans 7, which we read last week, uh, where he said, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Um, again, I'm not saying that as we are walking with Christ that we will never stumble, that we will never uh, fall into sin. But our desire should be for God, and the freedom that He has given us in Christ is the freedom to avoid these sins, uh, the freedom to truly live a righteous and a truly holy life. Um, Paul then says, who will deliver him from this? And his answer is, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, And then we get into Romans 8, which we read as our scripture reading uh, today, we should serve God with our mind. We should take our thoughts captive as they are not conforming to the, the fruit that God should be producing in our lives. Uh, Jesus spoke about this in, in John chapter 15, and, and I debated going to John 15, but it's such a, it's so close to what, what we're seeing here in Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not going to read the entire passage, but you're familiar with it. Jesus is showing us that he is the true vine, that we are the branches, and that if we, were, if we abide in him, and if we, he said, Jesus says, if we abide in his word, then we will bear fruit. And what is the fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. He says in, Jesus says in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him. He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Him, we can't produce this in our lives. Abiding in Him, abiding in His Word, keeping our thoughts on Him, that's what produces it. Well, He is the one that produces it, and that's what we're asked up to do. 
Jesus said, if anyone does not abide in me, he is not, uh, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. It echoes what, uh, what Paul says when he says that those that do these works will not inherit uh, the kingdom. And loving God, abiding in His Word, following Jesus, seeking the Spirit, all these things produce goodness in our lives. And again, I come back to that conviction because I don't want us to misunderstand. that We're not producing this goodness so that we will be accepted by God. Um, the story of Abraham is repeated several times throughout the Bible is repeated here in Galatians as well. It's one that you're also hopefully familiar with. I'm, I'm not going to go and read those, those verses. But as a quick reminder, the Bible tells us that Abraham believed God. Um, this is referring to uh, when, uh, when Abraham was called by God. He said he believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. His belief came, that belief, that faith, was reckoned, was, God considered that to be his righteousness. And then later, um, I'm doing this by memory, so hopefully don't hold me to this if I'm wrong, but that, that, that passage that it's quoting is in Genesis chapter 15, and then later, I believe in Genesis 22, is when he sacrifices Isaac, that, or when he is willing to sacrifice Isaac. Um, don't go away saying that I said that Abraham killed Isaac. It didn't, it didn't happen that way. But he was willing to do what God had said. He followed through with the action. His actions came after the belief. His actions came after the righteousness. And so what I'm wanting us to see, and I believe what Paul wants us to see throughout Galatians and, and many of his other letters is that our righteousness comes from God. Trust in God. Trust in Him to be your righteousness, and then He will produce the good in our lives as well. So we strive to be known by God, Understanding that God is the one that brings about the change. We seek to be led by God. Um, we're told here in this passage in verse 16 to walk by the, walk by the Spirit and then to be led. Verse 18, he actually says, if you are led. Um, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. He's still following that argument of not having to follow the requirements of the law for salvation. But then he wants to point out if you're not under the law, in, in a remarkable way, we are now able to do many of the things we could not do before that the law is not able to do. The, the law was never given to produce righteousness in us. But now, if we are led by the Spirit, God does produce righteousness in us. And so we will be fleeing from, uh, from these sinful things because God is our righteousness. And how do we accomplish that? You walk by the Spirit, it says, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of earth. Uh, i got to be very careful with this. I'm... I'm at the risk of pointing out all these other verses and preaching not a, uh, not a message through Galatians 5, 16 through 26, but begin turning it into a topical message. But I, I think that this is, uh, this, I think this is very appropriate. 
how, how do you be led by the Spirit? Um, I, I've been given a lot of understanding to make sure that our head knowledge uh, is correct, make sure that we know it is God that produces it. But what do we do within ourselves to do that? Keep seeking the things above, where Christ is. Set your mind on the things that above, not on the things of the earth. What are some things that are on the earth? Anything that, that brings about um, idolatry, impurity, sensuality, sorcery, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Um, this list that Paul gives us here. What are the things above? What are the things that we see throughout the, uh, the pages of the Bible? But if we know that we are seeking them when they produce in our lives love, joy, peace, patience, and, and on down the list. If we are doing this, then we're relying on God and we experience victory in Him. It's a struggle. Uh, verse 17 we looked at shows that struggle. Uh, the Spirit is set against the flesh and our sinful desires are in conflict with the desires of God's holiness. But of the two, which is stronger? God is stronger. Um, so we then come here to um, verses 19 through 21. And he says, again, now the works of the flesh are evident, and I've read through those. Um, he ends in verse, well, that, that, that's part in, in verse 21, the second part. He says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's, Paul is giving us a counter to a possible argument that you could see in Galatians if you weren't truly understanding that. I spent probably a good quarter of the message at the beginning hopefully showing that we do not do good and we do not flee from evil in order to, um, to produce righteousness. Uh, in fact, Paul has been saying throughout uh, Galatians that uh, we are no longer under the law. Does that mean that we then get to do whatever sinful desires uh, may, may occur to us to do? And uh, the answer is clearly not. Um, because these things, this immorality, uh, these passions, um, they are the desires of the flesh. What I'm saying is that God will give us a desire for, um, for, for the good. 1 Corinthians 6.11, Paul wrote, Such were some of you, meaning those that have done these things, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. Uh, these are the things that God has saved us from. Um, salvation is not simply about escaping the damnation of hell. It is not simply about um, protecting yourself and saving yourself. In fact, you can't, uh, in fact, save yourself. God, when He knows you, when you when you have come to know Him, when He is leading you, God has not only saved you from the consequences of your sin, He has saved you from the chains of your sin. He has saved you so that you are free from having to do these sinful things that tear apart our soul, 
and that separate us from a holy God. So why should we ever want to return to them? Instead, we should rely on God to produce good in us. And when we focus our sights and our minds on God, when we keep our thoughts on Him, He he brings it out in us. One thing I wanted to point out uh, in verse 22 It's not uh, the fruits of the Spirit are love and joy and peace and and so on. It's not that I come here and say, well, I don't really like people all that much, so I'm not going to do the love. I like joy. I'll I'll, I'll do that. Um, Patience, no. I can be kind. Good, I don't know. I'll I'll be faithful. It's, It's not that. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It It is not a list to pick and choose from, but it is all of these. And if any of these are lacking in my life, if any of these are lacking in, in your life, then we need to turn our thoughts and our mind, our souls to God. When we lack on them, we need to set our minds on the things above. And we need to pray, God, this is not, I read this list here, and this is not what my life looks like. Produce this good fruit in my life. And if we are known by God, if we are led by His Spirit, He will certainly, certainly do that. Verses 24, and on to the end of the chapter, he says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And some more specific examples of of what living by the Spirit does not look like. He says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. But in fact, let's uh, let's love one another. Somewhere in my notes here, I meant to go back to chapter 4, where, again, he seems to be giving us, um, after he spent so much time talking about not being under the law, he then tells us how the law is summed up. Um, And it's really interesting. Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was. That was, uh, Jesus quoted uh, Deuteronomy, which was in our um, scripture reading today. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And then Paul, in chapter 4, right after um, spending four chapters of showing us that we are not under the law, he says, by the way, the law is summed up in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus, of course, said that was the the second uh, greatest commandment. And I would submit to you that we cannot cannot love the Lord our God with all of our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength without loving our neighbor and one another as ourselves. And we cannot love one another as ourselves if we are not loving, um, loving God the way that it says here. And those are also outward manifestations. If you want to know one of the ways that you would know if you have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, you're going to know it because you will, that love will be, uh, will be present as we look upon ourselves. Um, and it will be present as we look, at, uh, look upon our neighbor. Who is my neighbor, right? Um, we will love the people that God brings into our lives and we will love God as well. I won't go back and see where I 
um, where I left that out, but I wanted to make sure that we that we saw that in here. That it's not just do I, do I can I say that I am peaceful? Can I say that I am am gentle? That that shows itself in our attitude towards God and in our attitude towards people, um, towards the fellow Christians, and towards the towards the loss of the world. When Jesus. Um, said this, um, the second is, is likened to it, you should love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, well, who's my neighbor? Um, and uh, we won't go down and, and follow that passage as well. But an easy way to answer that is, so who are the people you don't like? Um, do I only show love to people that I like? Um, don't even sinners do the same thing? God has changed us one of the things that he does is he gives us a heart that is able to truly love and to truly live like this. So remember, uh, remember that as well. Um, that love for one another will be one of these outward manifestations as well. And this is how we should live. Remember, as we close here, we don't do good to be saved. We are saved by God, and because of that, we live by the Spirit. And these things will define, be, uh, will be present in our lives. And if they are not, make sure that we are keeping in step with the Spirit. Make sure we are setting our mind on God. Make sure that we are seeking this and praying uh, for the things that He would want to produce in our lives. Uh, Father God, we thank You for this for this word, we thank you that we don't have to produce some type of, of goodness in ourselves, but that you are the one that gives us righteousness. You are the one that brings about even a desire to do good and then the ability to do that. We thank you that we can because of the change and the redemption that was brought about by, by the death and resurrection of your son. May, may these things be true in each of our lives. May we be pleasing to you and in your sight. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.